You're listening to Stanley Bentu. What is it about state governments that make us less curious? How transparent are our states in their budget and procurement processes? That's what we'd like to talk about today. And I have right here with me, Senior Project Officer and Operations Lead as well. I'm talking about Ogunloye Tolulope and Stanley Achonu of Budget. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Stanley, I'm sure you have done so much work about this. We've even touched on it a little before, but I, right now we want to get to the nitty-gritty of it all. From budget's analysis, what differences have you seen from the way the federal government and the other federating units, mm. namely the states, to be exact? Yeah. Um, so when you, when you start to compare strictly on processes mm -hmm. and availability of information, uh, you see that the federal government suddenly looks like a shining example mm -hmm. um, uh, compared to states and, you know, the local governments are not to be talked about Incredible. at all. But, but when you compare between federal and states, the, the federal government feels like a shining example. Despite uh -huh. all of the challenges, all of the complaints we have about the federal budget, put it side by side by what you have against the best of states. Federal government is like an A plus, and the closest state to it should be doing F nine. Uh, that's how bad it is at state levels, and it's not helped by how the democratic institutions at the state levels function. It's critical to the level of transparency we have at the federal level is the role that the National Assembly plays even though we have a lot of complaint about how they go about approving the budget. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you compare... We hear, we hear a lot of criticism about the National yes. Assembly, but yes. when you put the National yes. Assembly side Beside by side with the, the state, state houses, houses of assembly, assembly, we, we realize how far yes. off the mark we so are. at right? the state levels, um, the, the state houses of assembly, in terms of passing of the budget can pass for uh, a department in the governor's office because in almost all the states there's little or no debate about what is presented to them in some states the governor walks in there with the budget and leaves there with an approved budget that same day without any interrogation without examining the numbers so, now, Stanley, I've witnessed it before and what happened during this budget presentation which I happened to be present was the governor presented the budget there was no there were no questions asked <laughs> and we were in and out in uh, 15 minutes yes wow. and you have an approved budget mm -hmm. yes so that's that's how bad it is at the state level there is no attempt and this is i'm just starting with the houses of assembly no attempt is made to interrogate what is presented to them as we even attempt to do at the federal level no question nobody is someone to come and defend why you're putting this uh, no attempt is made to put uh, to uh, consider the interest of the public or the masses. And if the projects have been considered, if, if that is even if the detail is available, what you get at the state level at most is that, oh, I want to spend 10 billion on education. I want to spend 15 billion on health. That's all they provide. They never tell you what hospitals they want to spend the money on. They don't tell you what road they want to build. They don't tell you what school they want to build. They don't tell you how much each of these projects cost. So at the state level is is like personal uh, kingdom, fiefdom of the governors. And they treat the uh, funds as they treat their own personal savings or current account in the bank. They spend as they go, you know, whatever fancy catches their fancy. That's why they can stop anywhere. Uh, their friends is launching a book. They are donating 10 million, 20 million. Mm -hmm. uh, their Where wife is wants, this money yes, coming from? Money is not appropriated. 
but it's public fun. That's why they can wake up and travel at will. That's why they can send anybody. You can visit them in their office and they say, oh, you came, you are in, in the state capital. You came to the state capital to visit the governor. I say, oh, you need one million naira for transport. So that's why they can treat the money the way they do because nobody, there is no, uh, this is just submission of budget. There is the issue of audited accounts. Does this assemblies debate and review audited accounts that the governor submits? Oh, if do they even audit their accounts? Do they submit audited accounts? So there are a lot of things that are wrong with our state's level transparency. It is not it is non-existent at the moment. So I can't even say, oh, they are doing 10%. It doesn't exist. There is nothing like transparency at the state levels. A few states are beginning to pick up. A few. Um, and it started with when the uh, finance minister set up 22 conditions. You know when the financial crisis For the loan. Uh, yes. I'm just looking at all of this. We shelled out 300 billion naira to bail out the states. Yes. So we threw 300 billion naira at institutions that have no transparency standards whatsoever. I just want us to listen to uh, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, Yakubu Dogara, mm -hmm. uh, during yes. the issue of the pensions. And here, uh, uh, I'll come back to this, but just listen to this. I will not ac accept any excuse that leaves part of these pension funds hanging. I don't know where we got the money to bail out the states from. Wherever we got that money from, that is where we're going to, to get the money to solve these problems. Okay, on the surface of it, it seems like a firm statement, but when you read between the lines of this statement, there's a lot to worry about. Yes. Uh, because well, he was referring to the pensions and saying that, okay, we have to be up to date. But for me, the key thing was when he said, I don't know where, where they got the money, the, from. They got the money for, for, for the bailouts. I was shocked. And I was shocked. The only explanation we got was it was from LNL, uh, uh, LNG. LNG. Yes. So, uh, basically, even at the federal level, just like you said, we're far off the mark because if we have... Uh, because speaker 300 billion is a whopping amount of money yes. and if the speaker doesn't know where no that way came, it from, came from, you have to scratch your head. But then, not just where it came from, where it went to. If everything you say is true, Stanley, we shelled out 300 billion and had no way... Of accounting, of accounting for it. it. Of accounting for it. And it was one of the key things we raised as an organization when they started to demand for bailout. We said, you need to set clear conditions. Clear conditions of what they must do before they assess the money. It will, the uh, former governor of uh, uh, Anambra State gave a perfect description of what is going on. He says, you do not pay the bills of a drunkard while he's still in the bear parlor. You wait for, the, for him to come out before you pay the bills. Otherwise, if you finish paying, he will continue to drink. And that's what we did with the states. We shouted, do not give out any money to drunks who act as state governors while they are still in the beer parlor. Set conditions, let them pass laws that promote transparency and accountability at the state level before they assess the money. So far, as we predicted, they've been given over 300 billion at the last count, and you know the revelation about um, a Paris refund only came out recently. Why they received the money in December? 
and we do not know what they have done with the money. And I say today that there will still be another round of bailouts. Mm -hmm. They've received. I think as, as a last count, the, the series were you had the initial three hundred billion, yes. which was given as bailouts. There was uh, another there was sixty billion. There was uh, stimulus billion. packages. Then there was another three hundred billion conditional loans, loans. This time around yes. with the stringent conditions Just that Kemi and actually listed out. And then we learned about the Paris Club refund. So a huge amount of money has gone to these states. But Toluca, okay, let me let me hear a little bit from you. What are some of these differences? Because on the federal level, there's a system. It's not perfect. But at least there's a system. You know, we have MDAs that submit. You have a budget office uh, that is supposed to coordinate. But then there were red flags that were flown every step of the way. And we may have seen this as scandalous, but it, it helped us at least curb some of the issues. From the state governments, what, what are the differences that you've observed? Yeah, um, coming back to the states, um, I think budget as an organization do demand that first of all, presents the budgets and let citizens have a clue of what you have to do for them in, in that particular year. And so far so good, we have a um, few states that have also done that, let's say mm -hmm. eight out of 36. Now, that is not a pass mark. Now, eight uh, out, of out of 36. Now, going back to some of them, taking Lagos as an example. Lagos known for the commercial um, state of Nigeria. Lagos does not have a clear and defined budget. Now, the line items are missing. All you get is um, um, an X amount will be for education, another X amount for health. But then there's no breakdown, which is very disappointing, knowing Lagos for who Lagos is. Mm -hmm. Center of excellence. That's it. So, um, but others are doing fine. Like, let's say Edo. Edo State publish, uh, publishes its budget. is on um, Edo State government, um, website. And you can easily go there. You see every details of where this money will go to. So it's easy for us as an organization to track this budget. And um, Lagos has not done that. So um, we'll still put Lagos at 50%. Um, Oshun as well. Oshun has also done that. But then, what about other states that we don't even have a, an idea of what they will be spending? All we will just get is, this money goes, uh, this will be done, we ask questions, you don't get any rest. Like the one I saw on our Twitter line was um, our sister's organization, Follow the Money, requested, sent an FYI request, requested for how Adamawa State spent uh, the Paris um, refund. refund. And what the states replied with was, um, we've not adopted the, uh, the freedom of information yet, which is alarming for a state. So if the federal government have passed the freedom of information. It has not been localized. And Adamawa is also unique because you remember in the early stage when the first set of bailout fund was given, the state spent it based on ICPC investigation. The state, the state spent that money renovating hotel, paying imams and pastors mm -hmm. There to was pray. the allegation of 100 million being spent, spent on prayer. So you can see the attitude of a state who who has had that kind of past experience. And it's not just Adamawa. Adamawa was just one of the examples that came up. Imo State had also a very scandalous way they spent the first bailout fund uh, paying consultants, uh, um, a, a, some principal secretaries to the governor, getting billions of naira out of that money that was given to them to pay salaries. Right? So there, there are states, when you look deeper, there are things that are 
unimaginable that these state governors are doing with bailout fund. There is no attempt to invest this money in a way that that is prosperous and that is futuristic. There is no way to invest the money today for the future of tomorrow. All, all we have done with every single bailout that has been given is pay salaries, pay salaries, pay salaries. This Paris Club refund is a missed opportunity yes. to have some massive infrastructural exactly. development because it's like you're caught on the back foot. We've not had sufficient transparency in the past. You have this massive backlog in so many states. Now, if salaries were up to date, in an ideal situation, you should be able to pay your salaries either with your IGR or with this generous amount of money that gets handed out to the state governments every month. And therefore, this extra that comes in, which is outside of the money that you, you budgeted for, should be used to make fundamental changes, infrastructural changes, uh, industrial changes in the state. But we're not getting we're that. Not, we're not, no, but no attempt is, is made towards... Invest. The question I always ask with, with the issue of backlog of salaries, I, I'm very cautious about saying uh, cut your workforce. But if you're a private organization, if you're a private organization and you have a workforce that you're no longer generating enough revenue to pay what will be your next course of action there are easier way of dealing with this issue they even on the governor's part have they even made any attempts in the in the face of financial crutch have you made any attempt on your own to rebalance your lifestyle they are still taking large enterprises abroad they are constantly out of some silly trade uh, 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 deal abroad or that brings no investor that try, that brings anything tangible to the state. It's just an opportunity for them to go abroad and end per diem. They travel to China, they go to Korea, they go everywhere, they go to America, they travel all over Europe in search of foreign investors. And the worst you can get is three, four-man team show up in the States for photo op and they are gone. Because you haven't even put the right things in place for any serious-minded investor to put their money down. Okay, speaking about putting the right things in place and how we can achieve greater transparency, at the federal level, we've seen certain attempts, like the efficiency unit. Because there's something the president said when he was uh, launching the, the ERGP. Okay. He actually stressed that unless the states key in, whatever policy the federal government is doing is not going to be felt. And he would be right to say so. So if you have things like the efficiency unit, do we have efficiency units in the states that would actually harmonize the prices of, say, paper or vehicles or it, it was, any of that? It was or? part of the 22 conditions the finance minister set uh, at the, um, after the third bailouts when these conditions were 22 of them. It was one of the things that said states will have to set up uh, efficiency, uh, efficiency unit. Mm -hmm. Now the question I ask is that if I, if you have set out conditions, what steps have you taken to make sure that the conditions are met before you hand out money? If I'm the finance minister, uh, what I would do is have a checklist to say, oh, we're going to do Paris debt refund and until you meet this checklist, you will not be able to get the refund. But at the last count, all the states get the money. So um, June last year, there was a news report. When the when the conditions were set, uh, there was a news report that five states have met um, that condition. Um, the minister did not list the states, but from my own our, our own personal investigation, we could hazard a guess of what states 
met those conditions. One of them being the it Quick doesn't need the bail bail bailouts uh, that you're giving. The other one being Edo states. Uh, the other one being Kaduna states and two other states. That's from my own guess. That's not what this uh, minister said. But from our investigation, we think that those are the states that would have met that condition. But every every other time, money is handed out. Everybody gets the money. So even the people who set those conditions have not even made any attempt. Because if I'm in dire need of money, and you say, oh, I'm willing to give you this money until you pass fiscal responsibility law, until you pass uh, freedom of information law, until you publish your budget uh, detail, until you publish your budget performance report, until you publish your audited account, detailed audited account. If I'm in dire need of that money, I will go back and say, is this condition something I'm willing to meet in order to get this money? Yes, I need the money, so I need to meet this condition. I'll go back quickly. After all, you already have a rubber stamp uh, status of assembly. So you're not going to have a freedom of information law that will stay in the status of assembly for 12 years as we had at the federal level. So you, if you explain to your legislators that I cannot pay salaries, I cannot do development work, except you pass these laws, and they begin to see it as an emergency, they are more likely to respond. After all, you already have them in your pockets. But none of the state has done this because the states do not also see the political will uh, from the federal government to implement the conditions they've set. I've not seen the, I've not heard the finance minister take on on any of the states to say, look, I won't give you the money until you meet the condition. We haven't had that. The president has not done that. Every time he speaks about it, it's at ceremonies. He has not done direct engagement, direct lobbying to get the states to meet those conditions. So we will go through four years of handing out bailouts to state governors without any of those conditions being met. Mm. Take it a well, clue. Sorry, take it a clue from Ubek. Um, there's Uber grants for states. Universal basic yeah, education. Yeah, universal basic education grants. Now, the condition stated for you to assess these grants is you have to bring 50% of that grant before you can assess it as mm -hmm. a state. Counterpart funding. That, that's counterpart funding. Now, some of these states can't even meet up that. So, few states have been able to assess such grants. Now, that is one of the conditions. Second condition is for the previous grants you've been collected, how did you spend it? So the project you've executed, your superb as a state to have to present this so that you can have access to the next grant. Now, these are part of conditions that you need to meet in order to meet this um, Uber grant. For, this, for, the, uh, for the bailouts, um, if you can set conditions, make sure that you follow these conditions so that they are met, so that you can just give out transparency. Mm -hmm. Now, exactly how much influence does the federal government have on the states? That's what I would like to find out right after this. I'm in the chat room with the operations lead of budget, Stanley Achunu, and also the senior project officer, Ogunloye Tolulokpe. Now, how can we achieve transparency at the state level? And how important is it to national development and to all of the things that the president says he wants to achieve? Smarting up from an experience in the past, we had a situation between former President Goodluck Jonathan and the state governors, and it had to do with the excess crude account where the federal government was taken to court based on constitutional provisions and the state governors won the case. Share the money was what they were asking. And uh, they, 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 they won the day. So exactly how much influence can the federal government actually exert over the states? Um, I, I do, this if they go to court and say, these refunds were our money anyway, you're duty bound to give us back that money. Mm. What then? Uh, I remember that 
this is political influence you're talking about. Mm. Um, President Obasanjo, who started the SS crude account, you know, uh, faced similar challenge from state governors, and he used this political clout to overcome that challenge, and he was able to save up money that sustained us through through the financial crisis of 20, 2008-2009. We had almost the same amount the same, that we have in our foreign reserve. Yes. We had that in our excess crew. account. Mm. And the governors were also equally making the demand, but he used this political influence to withstand the pressure they were mounting. Um, uh, it, it was a little different with um, with uh, uh, President Jonathan, who had already set up the Sovereign Wealth Fund, and the, the they had won the court case, and there was a lot of negotiation behind the scene to say, okay, let's put a seed funding of one billion, right? Um, they, I think that with a bit of creativity, they could have you know funded that Sovereign Wealth Fund more uh, against. Uh, SS crude account was available to, for, for, to assess. Now, in the case of President Buhari, he has his own political party in majority. We are facing one of the worst financial crises we have had in the longest time, um, maybe similar to the era of uh, IBB and the uh, structural adjustment program. I don't think we've had anything as crazy as what we have today. And there is need to change. We cannot repeat the mistakes of the past. If you remember when um, the financial crisis of 2008 happened, all we did was use what we have saved to bail out the states. Mm -hmm. And we have seen that nothing has changed. All they went, to, went back to doing was, as soon as you give them the money, they continue the lifestyle. So even if you do not have the legal backing to do what you have, what what you need to do to get the states to behave, what have you done to engage the citizens to become active? The president has not lobbied or his uh, ministers have not lobbied the public enough to make them realize how dangerous what the governors are doing. So they just meet in, their, in the privacy of the boardroom of whatever government agency they meet, uh, accept whatever pressure the governors put before them, and then just simply dole out the money. I don't see how a, a, the minister of finance publicly calling out governors to say, look, you must publish your budget. It's a simple information. If you have nothing to hide, uh, it's done in America. You see when when others, when they have critical bill that is uh, important to their uh, agenda, they go public and say, look, they hold town hall meetings. They energize the public to make demands. And the public can put enough demand, enough pressure on these governors to act right. And also, or you can even lobby the uh, uh, legislators who, who approve this money for expenditure. But in this case, um, we haven't seen, my, my, my take is that I haven't seen enough political will from the federal government to implement the conditions they've set. Once they have, when they, when they put enough political will behind that conditions, the governors will fall in line. Some of them are voluntarily already doing this. Kaduna is doing it voluntarily. Edo is doing it voluntarily. And they're not hurt. No harm has come to any of the states who are meeting these conditions voluntarily. So if you then begin to highlight that these states who are doing this thing voluntarily are not hurt in any way, and then I think that that would be would go a long way in putting. I know that the laws uh, to hold them accountable to prevent them from going for, forward with sharing this is is limited. And as as an organization, um, 
we have we have tried to speak to lawyers to see what citizen action can do to say let's bring a class action against the finance ministry and the revenue allocation uh, uh, commission to say aside from the statutory allocation any other special disbursement you must give let's halt it until we we determine if it is still right to continue to give the, the money so we are talking to our lawyers because citizens must also take action maybe if he hurts them enough they will say why don't I just meet this condition and just get my money? Well, you know, Stanley, I would like to come back to the role of the citizen in all of this and also some of the habits that we may have. But we've just been joined by the deputy director of Serap, Timothy Dewali. Uh, he's joining us from Lagos. Good morning, Timothy. Uh, good morning, Stanley. Now, I know that Serap has been making a lot of moves, particularly as it concerns the uh, Paris Club refund, you know, pushing for more transparency. What steps has Serap taken and, and what would be the objective? Uh, you know, first of all, let me state that, uh, you know, Sarah is concerned that uh, where the allegations of corruption and mismanagement in the spending of about $388 billion of Paris Club, we believe that it has undermined the human dignity of workers, which of course we are also very concerned with, and of course the dignity of pensioners. And that is why, you know, initially we wrote to the Akapan General, to Akapan General, you've got to explain to us under the SOI, you know, we request for Campania to say the transparency left to know how are these funds disbursed and under what condition were they disbursed in this state. While the funds are disbursed to keep up for the welfare of the workers and pensioners, while the funds spent for that purpose, the Campania should supply that, uh, those, those information to us, and of course that there should be a decrease that the Director of Serap, Timothy Adewale, joining us from Lagos. Citizens have a role in all of this. Stanley, you were just making that point earlier. Civil society is playing its role. We've seen their involvement, especially where the national budget is concerned. We've seen the role of Serap, of Action Aid budget, all of that. But what about at the state level? It's easier to function on the federal level because everybody belongs to one body. Do we have civil societies at the state level that can act as pressure groups for the state governments that are targeted at the state governments? So if a few civil society organizations have tried to focus on, uh, on state governments, but it's not exactly um, an easy uh, process for to work at the subnational level. The reason we've made progress at the federal is because there's relatively uh, uh, bits of information that you can assess on which you can stand to then ask for more. 
right? At the at the state level, there is none to stand on. Uh, budget is not made available. So where do you then begin to say, oh, the Commissioner of Health, uh, you are not properly funding education? You don't know how much he's been given. You don't know how much he has been uh, has been budgeted for him to to carry out his work. So for organizations working at uh, state level transparency, it's almost impossible. My organization um, have begin uh, last year started to focus on states. We produced the first. Um, uh, state of state reports two years ago. We repeated it last year. Last year when we when we published that report, what we got from the state governors who initially refused to provide information for that report was a lot of backlash. We were called voodoo analysts. We were called no, without looking at the at the report. We were called unprintable names, right? But in in all of that, only one state stepped forward and did what was right after that report came out. Um, the uh, Gombe states took steps to then provide information and they were willing and open to engage with us and they, they promised that they have realized that that's not sharing that information leaves room for speculation and what they did was they are now providing publicly all of the information we, we need for that report they are, they're giving they've sent us um a, a amount that they're releasing to each ministry every year they are they're they are, they are providing us with their audit report they promise that once the report is available they, will, they once it's finalized and approved they will share it also with us so that we can make it public and that was the only state who responded uh, in the right way jigawa state may try to go to court and we're still waiting for them to go to court because we're very sure of the numbers we have put forward so that's how how impossible it is to even get access to state government one state we went to i do not want to mention it one state we went to my colleagues went to that state and threats were made. Threats were made to their lives if they do not leave the state immediately. So that's how crazy uh, we see uh, what is I happening at the state level. You've, level. See, you've seen um, the report that followed the money, uh, the Freedom of Information uh, letter. In fact, uh, the final statement that the Secretary to Government of Federation <laughs> wrote in that letter is over <laughs> and out. That's it's closing for a letter requesting for information about how you have spent uh, bill out money. It tells you conversation it, closed. Yes, over and out. That was his closing line. No thanks uh, or not over and out. Well, I just want to say a quick thank you to Stanley Achunu and Ogunloye Tolulope of Budget. Very interesting, and I think this is a conversation we need to keep open because we need to achieve some level of transparency. So, so grateful that you could come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.